you filed a flight plan to mountain rescue. If we don't report in, they'll come looking for us. Now that's how it's supposed to work, except I put in a flight plan for Borum Caverns, and this isn't Borum Caverns, is it, Juno? We're in the wrong cave. Where are we? It hasn't got a name. It's a new system. No one's ever been down here before. Let me ask you a question. Would you prefer to stay alive without your mommy and daddy or die with them? That's a tough question, huh? Who's moving? It was alive. It knows we're here. We just have to go. We have to go. We... You didn't see it. I'm not staying here. If we try to leave, they kill us. We're being quarantined here. We are being kept here to die. While you were looking for me, I was looking for you. Well, got you now. Was that him in the car? Yeah, sure it was. Could have walked very far. Why is that? Because I cut off his legs. And I'm gonna do the same to you. again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your hosts from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you there? I am well. Yeah, I'm a little discombobulated because I said host instead of co-host, and then I, like my mind went crazy. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, and we have a uh, co-host in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. This <laughs> is Barrett. I'm so much better after I get to laugh at you, Phil. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Well, well uh, when we get to the no, title. No, with you. I meant with you. I meant with you. Well, when we get to the title of this film, uh, I don't know if uh, people understand what I say, but we're, we're going we're gonna to try. But either way, uh, who are we? We are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. This is the Dark Discussions Podcast, where we talk about all sorts of movies. Uh, so horror, sci-fi, fantasy thrillers, techno thrills, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, genre films, uh, cult films, uh, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, it's a weekly podcast that's been around for... 12, 13 years now, and we're into the 600th episodes. And yes, Eric, uh, there's a, a number of older episodes that have not been uh, put up on the website or the feed, so uh, you don't have to remind me when when we do our top 10 of the month. Oh, I will anyway until you fucking do it. Yes, I understand. <laughs> Um, also, we do have an email address, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com. You uh, <laughs> just post in the Dark Discussions uh, email that you send us, uh, the subject should say uh, DDP, and then whatever your subject is, because if you do that, then we will most certainly be able to um, find your email, because uh, unfortunately, 
that's the same email that um, folks that try to uh, send us screeners. Uh, and yeah, we, we get we get bombarded with emails, and your email will get lost. Um, so yes, please do the um, DDP in the subject. And we do have an email, and I'm trying to get in. Uh, let me let me try this again. Uh, my email uh, password it wasn't working, so going into the email. But either way, while we're doing that. Um, also, uh, we do have uh, the website. And all right, what else can people find on that website? On the website, they can find a link to our Patreon page. Patreon is a service that allows you to financially support your online artists like us. Producing this show is not free. We have to do things like pay for computer equipment and domain names and website hosting and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing the show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or click on the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. We appreciate any and all contributions. Indeed, indeed. And thank you uh, in advance. And thank you for those who uh, uh, do donate, uh, the handful of you that do. Um, so we do have the email from uh, Amy Rain. Amy Rain, a fellow podcaster and also sometimes co-host of the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. And I believe she will be joining us for uh, the Peacemaker episode that uh, we're going to probably record in January. Uh, but her email is uh, uh, Godzilla minus one. And she goes, oh, my God, so happy you guys did this. I was actually going to ask if you guys did, if I could join on the episode. Uh, but Squee, listening now. So uh, hopefully she enjoys that episode. Um, that actually has been a fairly uh, well-listened-to episode. Uh, and uh, when we get into our top ten of the past 30 days, uh, we'll get into it further. Uh, so hopefully uh, Amy will email us back and let us know uh, her opinion on uh, the podcast. Um, so uh, what else do we have? Uh, that's pretty much it, except we do want to say that today is December 21st, 2023, because sometimes our episodes are not released immediately after they're recorded, because we usually uh, have a few that are left in the queue for emergency weeks when we're unable to record, and we can still release an episode uh, automatically uh, through our our uh, through the uh, magic of automation. Exactly. Yes, uh, you can pl- plug it in and choose the time and date, and it just releases it even if you're not there. And uh, so, yes, today is December 21st, 2023, but uh, we most likely will have this out uh, right around Christmas, so in a couple days from now. Um, Anyway, that's uh, pretty much some of the house cleaning, if we have time after the episode is over, besides reading our top 10 uh, podcasts of the past 30 days by listener um so we will uh talk about what we've been watching uh news uh mike may want to bring up and talk about uh possible paramount uh and warner brothers mergers and things like that there's a lot of things going on uh but yeah we'll uh get into that if we have time at the end um all right so let's get into our episode tonight so uh eric uh, what are we going to discuss tonight Tonight, we're going to be discussing a movie that is currently available for digital rental. Um, I believe it's based on a book. Uh, The title of the movie is Dark Harvest. Wait a minute, what? 
or as they say in Boston, Dark Harvest. Wait, did you say did you say Dark Harvest? Dark Harvest. It's it's not it's not Duck Harvest. <laughs> well, no, we're, it's we're not trying, Duck Harvest. You watched the wrong not, movie. Yeah, we're, we're trying to get dollars. I'm not getting back. But we're, we're trying we're trying to uh, play the trailer here, so we can we can talk about that after the well, trailer. Phil's so trying to do that. So yes, so here's the trailer. <laughs> it's Halloween. You know what that means. Old Sawtooth Jack is gonna rise from the cornfields. It's gotta be stopped. Kill or be killed. You've all heard the stories. We failed at our duties. And that black dust destroyed our crops, our lives. It must die. So we can live. Your sacred duty is to take down Sawtooth Jack before that church bell rings at midnight. You really think that's real? I saw it. It's real. You saw it? Did you kill it? Then let's go kill it. You should do it. You know I'm not allowed. Just because your brother won the run last year? I got an idea. If that thing isn't dead by midnight, this whole town is going straight to hell! I wanna go home. I wanna go home. You think you're special? Why are you doing this? If you're born in this town, you're cursed. I'm ending this. Tonight. It ain't over. Oh, that's right. Uh, the film is called Dark Harvest, which is... Uh, there were no loosely, ducks in there at all. Fuck. Yeah, so it's loosely a based on the book by the same name by Norman Partridge. Um, and actually, I, I have uh, a copy of the book. And the version I have is now being sold on eBay for $300. So I may have to plop Time that Time to sell that. Yeah, thinking about doing it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think it was released as like a limited edition uh, hardcover. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I have. Exactly. Um, and uh, the film is directed by David Slade, uh, who's probably known for such things as uh, 30 Days of Night, Hard Candy, and uh, one of the Twilight films. Um, and then the writer of the screenplay is Michael uh, Gilio, I believe is, is pronounced. And uh, he uh, actually uh, participated in the writing of Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which is coming mm. out this year as well. Um, the film, who is in this film? Well, uh, this film has... Uh, not many people that I know offhand, but uh, we do have uh, two new people. The two leads, Casey Likes and Emery Crutchfield, are, are considered new, uh, is what I read. And then the, there's Jeremy Davies and Elizabeth Reiser, who have uh, done a number of things. Uh, and then um, uh, Luke Kirby. 
Britton Dalton, Stephen McCarthy, and then Dustin Sighthammer uh, plays, uh, well, a, a I guess the antagonist uh, in the film. Um, and we'll get into that soon. Uh, all right, so I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. And uh, it was actually Eric uh, who uh, brought this film to our attention and suggested it as an episode. So uh, we'll start with you, Eric. What do you got? Um, well, I had seen this um, pass by when I was scrolling movies uh, to watch. And at one point, um, I like to text with uh, Mr. Watson every now and then just to kind of compare notes on what we've watched and what we think is good. Um and I asked him about this one and he was like, yeah, that, that's good. You should check it out. Um, so I did and I enjoyed it and then uh, suggested it as an episode. Um, I think this movie has some really cool atmosphere. It's got its cool little uh, mythology going on. Um, and the, the special effects, it's, you know, we'll, we'll get into it post spoiler as to, it's definitely comparable to, something else from another movie, but I'm not going to do that here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it has a neat little kind of twist on the story. And I, I liked it. I think this might go into my rotation around Halloween time and going forward. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah. I had not heard of this film until we talked about doing it. Um, I did not watch anything, any trailers or anything. I just jumped into it. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a pretty good film. Um, it's it definitely was not what I was expecting. Um, it's kind of a or appears to be a period piece. Might not be, but we can get into that in spoilers. Um, and it's just got a really wacky story going on, but very interesting story. Um, I really liked the bad guy. I thought he looked really cool. Um, so it was really enjoyable. I enjoyed it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Mike, what do you got? I, I didn't hear anything about this until I did. Uh, I just kind of, when it dropped, I guess in October was when it was released. Um, and I saw a number of, uh, people I know on Facebook looking at it, reviewing it and, some who really liked it, some who were disappointed in it, some, you know, were very mediocre. Uh, but I never got around to catching it, uh, but that's because it's a, a Halloween movie. Why would I watch that around Halloween? Uh, now that we're in the Christmas season, this seems the perfect time for us to do it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was had mild expectations about this because, like I said, I'd heard mixed things. I don't think I'd heard anything bad, but I heard a lot of, eh, it's okay. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the the only problem I have is that I really enjoyed a lot of the film, and I know the film is saying something. I just have no idea what it's trying to say. And I'm I'm really glad we're going to be talking about that. And I'm kind of hoping one of you here has the answers. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Anyway. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I, I had the book, like I said, but uh, I, I hadn't read it and um, uh, didn't know anything about it otherwise. And then uh, Eric mentioned it was uh, a movie. Uh, I did not know the movie even existed until he brought it up uh, two weeks ago. Um, and then I completely forgot about it again until he brought it up last week as a potential episode. 
Um, and uh, I do have to say, I do like David Slade, uh, at least two of his films. Anyway, uh, Hard Candy and 30 Days a Night were, were really good uh, films, I feel. Um, and uh, he did the third Twilight film, and I've seen those series, but uh, I don't remember much about him except for the, the last oh, that That might and, uh, be why the woman is in it, uh, the one that plays the mom, because she was in that, one yeah. of the Twilight movies. That, that is exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, I do know the fi- the last film in that series was pretty pretty damn good, but uh, I don't remember that one, so I, I don't I don't know how good it was. But either way, um, uh, so I went into it. I did watch the trailer, and not intentionally. It's one of those things where you, nowadays, if you uh, even Apple's doing it now, where you you just uh, speak into uh the thing and say uh Siri uh dark harvest and it pops up and I have to say a dark harvest otherwise it won't understand me. And um it it brings it up and, and it just starts playing the trailer automatically for you for some reason. Uh similar to like Netflix does. So uh I, I did watch the trailer and I was uh a, a bit worried um because it it's seemed like it was gonna be more fably and sure enough, it is. So um, I probably have liked this film the least out of everybody here, but I don't hate it by any means. I, I would be exactly like what Mark said. Mark, I mean, uh, Mike said, which is, oh, yeah, yeah you know, it's, it was okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was okay. But uh, I didn't really enjoy it. I probably won't revisit it, even though I, I did purchase it for nine ninety nine because I wasn't sure if I was going to finish it in one sitting. Um and uh yeah i mean i mean it was uh it wasn't really that scary uh it was too fably like i said it it wasn't um uh the the twist d- didn't surprise me and the same thing that that got the book uh mixed reviews was the same thing that got the movie a lot mixed reviews which is um uh why why is is this quote unquote town uh, cursed, or let me rephrase that. Why is this town, quote unquote, cursed? Um, because there, there is no answers. Um, so yeah, it was okay. Um, all right, so that's our opinions on the film. Uh, Eric, do we have a wiki? Wiki, wiki. In a small midwestern town, a deadly annual ritual unfolds when the, the mythical nightmare sawtooth Jack rises from the cornfields and challenges the town's teenage boys in a bloody battle of survival. No, I don't know if that's how I would describe it, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not how I would describe it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, there's a strange, um, uh, strange um, wiki IMDb or whatever, but yeah. I, I don't think it it's that far off. It explains the, the setting. Um, yeah, that's true. That's premise. true. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll go with that. And, and it just ignores the, the specific character motivations and, and, and of course. Yeah. Indeed. Um, all right. So, um, so what do we do here on the Dark Discussions podcast for folks who are new or for our regular listeners as well? Uh, basically, what we do is we don't just review the film. We also critique and dissect the film, which is uh, similar to what Mike was saying, which is do this film is probably trying to say something or, or at least the novel that it's based on was trying to say something. Uh, maybe we will have the answers. And so we'll talk it out and stuff. So uh, at a certain point, we are going to call out a spoiler alert. And at that point, they will talk about everything and anything related to 
the film. Uh, so that would include the spoilers, the twist, uh, the ending, and all that. Uh, but before we do that, what we do is we talk about general stuff. Uh, and general stuff could mean Halloween films, like Eric mentioned, he would maybe put this in his rotation for Halloween. Um, or uh, David Slade. Or anything else. Uh, so uh, that's pretty much it. So I guess we can get into uh, the non-spoilery section. So uh, does anybody want to bring anything up that is, uh, I guess, non-spoilery? Uh, yeah, Every- one of the uh, new actors you mentioned at the beginning, um, Amiri Crutchfield. I thought she's quite charismatic, and I, I want to see her in more stuff. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Barrett, you were going to say something. Oh, just that I, I really liked the the. I don't know if it was a practical effect or what, but the the monster's outfit was really great. I just thought it looked cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would say the special effects for the 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 monster in the film were uh, pretty solid. Uh, both whatever was done with computers and whatever was done practically, uh, it was pretty. pretty it looked solid. like it was a mix. That's why I was like, I don't know what to call it, but yeah. Yeah. Also, um, this film. Uh, if if you're into the gore aspect, uh, this film has probably some really good kills that could be on someone's best kill of the year list uh, when we do yeah, our that's 20, true. 2023 <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, 2023 uh, recap episode. Um, so, and, and of course, the setting is pretty cool too. Anytime anything is filmed in in like flatlands and cornfields, which Dude, is like hot in America, are fucking terrifying. I don't understand how people live there. I know. Well, you know, I they they I anytime I'm in like Pennsylvania or or areas of New Hampshire that I live in that that has the con, uh, I think it's pretty cool. I feel peace. Like 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 if the, like cow dairy farms, it's the same thing. To well, me. we have there aren't we have cornfields I can walk to I'll here. Give you that. <laughs> we have cornfields I can walk to that are that close to where I live. So, <laughs> but I don't yeah. like. Them. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I mean, they don't have like bears living in them. Like, like <laughs> sure, but they don't have bears in cornfields. Well, yeah, so, so your answer, might be, Bill. You need to move to Ohio. Yeah, could be foxes could be uh, bobcats. Yeah. yeah, and during Halloween, we have hundreds of uh, uh, con mazes around where I live because we have a bunch of con yeah. mazes. See that? But that's that's the thing, right? Is Corn mazes are a thing because they're fucking terrifying. We don't do corn mazes like as, as for Easter. We do corn mazes for Halloween. Why? Because they're scary, it's, I think it's just the whole the the the, the lost world, right? There's the, the the tall grass, right? It's that you're anything could be out there. You don't know what it is, and it might be wanting to eat you, or once you get sacrificed to it, or something. So, I, I think it makes sense. Like if you're, uh, you know, human beings are, are very visual, and if you're in a cornfield, that you can't see shit. Right. That is true. That's true. Yep, con con stocks are taller than people, so it's. Uh, Can you imagine it, how terrifying it would be, like if somebody like knocked you out and kidnapped you, and you woke up and you're just like in, in the middle of a mammoth cornfield, and even if you jump up, you can't see the end of it. You you have no idea. You're just in the middle of an endless cornfield. That that would suck. Well, I really thought it was neat how they showed the cornfields and then the city in the distance. Like there's a, a right. it was a bigger looking city than what they were in. But yeah, in the distance, you saw this bigger city and, and just all corn around it. But, <laughs> but to be honest, Eric, I, I think I'd rather be 
knocked out and left in the middle of a cornfield than knocked out and left in the middle of the forest. <laughs> because because at least there's no bears and you can follow the corn and eventually it's going to end. And, and, and you can, and it's you, be a road you can eat corn and not starve to death. That's true. That is true. But you're more you likely to find water in the forest. You might find a stream. You're not going to probably find a stream in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah, but 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 you can walk uh, long enough, and, and you're eventually going to get to the far. Unless you go in circles. Well, if you follow but, uh, a row, you won't go in circles, unless yeah. that's one weird ass farmer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Or unless you never leave the crop circle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wander around. Um, yeah, no, bear, bears can go in the, the corn. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, no, I, mean, I think physically capable of it. You just don't, generally don't find them in that area. Yeah, I just, I just Worry, think it's though. a case where it's the fact that you are, like, it's not like you're hiding in a cave, right? Where you have right. shelter on on each on, on different sides, and and if a bear did run through a cornfield, man, it would be even easier than saplings, like in the edge, right, Phil? <laughs> yeah, no, it would just down yeah. all that corn, man. Yeah, it would just plow it over, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Just imagine, Phil. Imagine you're running through a cornfield and there's a bear coming behind you, plowing all over the corn. Well, you know, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I still th- think it would be a little better than in the middle of the forest with with a bear. Uh, okay, I don't know. You can climb up a tree. Well, no, they not can that too. It can't follow they you, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you saw cocaine bear. Yeah, they can no, I know it. they can follow you up trees, but you can also throw stuff at them from up in a tree. <laughs> You're not yeah. throwing stuff at them in a cornfield. You're running and getting caught and dying. Okay. What if, this has become a very silly if, conversation. What if, yeah. what if, I could, if, I could, if I could bring it back to be a little more serious, what if oh, the no. bear had boobs? <laughs> Either way, cornfields are um, terrifying. They, yeah, they, well, I don't think they're terrifying, but they have been used Creepy. multiple times in, in horror films. Whether it's like uh, signs the in, in the grains, in the grays, or, or children of the corn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, even children of corn, though. The short story: there was no uh, supernatural; it was just a bunch of kooks. Um, so all sorts of so there's kooks, wait, supernatural, wait, wait, did and grays. There was no supernatural in Children of the Con, the, the short story. Just, no, that there, oh, there there was in the movie. Yeah, but not the short story. The, it's the short story. It was just a bunch of kooks that that were, were sacrificing people. They, they had nothing. There was no like monster or supernatural thing in, in the short story. I don't know if you're right about that. But we're not talking about that tonight. I'm a hundred percent sure. Um, so. Uh, we had to have that once. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Con, con uh, has been used in multiple horror stories. Um, all right. So, what do we want to talk about? The general. Uh, besides, well, let's, let's, let's just talk about the general idea, um, yeah. which is, like I said, so that there is a ritual every year. They take the young men of the town. I'm guessing the what would be the seniors, the high school seniors. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, but that works. They really didn't say that it was just seniors. They didn't write that clearly. Yeah, just but like, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and high school high school boys. Either way, 
Yeah, so, but it, it seems junior, to be probably like juniors and seniors or something. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, but I would, yeah, like you, you have probably to be right. a certain age. Um, yeah, because they get to leave the town and all that. Yeah. And they get locked up for three days so that they they get starved. So they're really hungry. So they're really hungry. Uh, and then, uh, and this is kind of shown to you at the very beginning of the film, which is why I don't feel like this is uh, a spoiler. Uh, and then uh, they unleash you into the town to track down Sawtooth Jack, which is this emaciated creature with a pumpkin head, which I should say is closer to what I thought pumpkin head was going to look like. when. The, the well, that's the spoiler I was trying to avoid earlier, but okay. Well, you see it right away. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you do. You see it uh, within five minutes of the film. Yeah, exactly. And 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 they and they whoever kills it wins wins the prize, right? They win a new car. They win a, a, a giant check. Um, and and they get to leave and they the, get to move the, to the nice side of town. They get well. Well, the family gets moved to a nice side of town, and the oh. person and the boy gets to leave the town because for some reason in this town, uh, people are not allowed to leave. It's yeah. Like and there's like a, a purgy aspect to this, right? Because the, the kids seem to be able to hurt, hurt each other without consequence. Right. Yeah. Um, and other people yeah. and, and uh, other people. And there's, there's, uh, hints of like looting, yeah. Uh, you know, right. It's, it's, I don't, it's really a bizarre thing, but I don't know what this is. is what is this supposed to symbolize? Uh, the, the check that we see at the beginning of the film is 1962. Is what it is? Yes, that is correct. And then it's a year later. 1963. Yep. Although I think, a, yeah, Barrett points out that might be debatable. Um, well, the only reason, well, I don't yeah. want to get into it before spoilers, but yeah. Well, well, I, I don't know if it's debatable, but if, if we go by the logic of what they said one year later, it would be 1963 because they for did that say part, it. Yeah, I, yeah, I have so, reasons for saying what I said. Fair, fair enough. You, you can explain it uh, when we throw up the spoiler alert. Um, but the, the, the problem is they never really explain. So the idea is if they don't kill Jack, then they have a, like a bad year. Yeah, um, a bad harvest. Yeah, you have a grapes of wrath. Uh, a grapes of wrath happens to you, and, and you get like a sandstorm, and and it wipes out all the crops and all that stuff. Yeah, and it yeah. just feels like they're trying to use this as a, a some commentary or metaphor, and I have no idea. I don't know why you think that, Mike. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not looking for any of that. I, well, you don't have to, but I, I see why Mike would because. Um, I was trying to figure out stuff too, because again, um, there is never any reason why people can't leave the town. There is no reason why there is a curse on the town. There is no reason why, um, it has to be these boys that have to do it. And there's this three because days. That's the way stuff. It is. Oh right, yeah. So is this, is this so it's like a, a bigger version of Shirley Jackson, the, the lottery right. or, People right. just do what they do because they've done it, and 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 for tradition's sake, even if it's dumb. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's very fable-ish to it me. It felt like you know and, you you've been using that word a lot, Phil. And I don't understand why you have an issue with that. Uh, Isn't everything a fable? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, fables this dispose with some with some sometimes some logic because it's not intended to be real. 
It's not. Yeah, it's, it's more fantastical horror than 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 straight horror. You know, I mean, yeah. again, supernatural, yeah. and I, I just, it's just not my type of genre. I just don't like that type of. So you don't like horror movies? No, I don't like that type of the fable slash fantasy horror stories. Okay, I'm not. I'm not a fan. It's just. Some people don't like slashes. Some people don't like Dracula films. Some people don't like zombie films. I don't like fable slash fantasy horror films. That's just me. Uh, it's not even a genre though, so I don't even know what that means. No, I, I just you know I'll, I'll say so like like if you look at like Del Toro does a lot um, and yeah. does a lot of fan of the Del Toro films. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Exactly. I, and I didn't even think of Del Toro when I was watching this film, but yeah, that's that's a perfect example. Like Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I don't like any of that right. crap. I, yeah, I'm not a fan of that stuff. It's not crap, Phil. You're offending me. Okay, well, it's, you know, hey, you, it's just my opinion. I just don't like that well, stuff. Well, no, just like I don't like art house films and like the psychedelic uh, fever dreamy films. Right. You know, it's just. just yeah, yeah. Phil no, no, no. likes his movies with real boobs and not fantasy boobs. Well, well. <laughs> Well, no. The, the truth is, Mike. It, I'm just no, not sure this was a fable film. To be there, honest, there's no there's no offense to, to not like a certain type of horror film no. or any film for that much. But what what it is is what Mike talks about. Mike, you you always bring up stuff when it, maybe the term's not fable, but you when you say that uh, like certain films have a, a tone that make them. Like a fairy tale quality or fabulous yeah. quality, yeah, yeah. and like yeah, I'll say something like, like to me, Krampus has a bit of a fairy tale quality to it. Um, right, right. Well, I guess I just, I'm, my confusion is, I all films are fictional, so why does this fiction bother you? I, I just, I, I guess I don't understand why it's a different thing. Because it's just like, why does some fiction bother people? Like, like why do some people dislike? Uh, found footage, or why they dislike slasher films, or why they dislike zombie films. It just it just doesn't work for you. Well, I think with uh, fantasy, with the, the, these kind of family films, things happen without necess- or, or exist, and it's exists. It's this way because it's this way, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's not. That's, that's called a premise. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> that's what I was I'm thinking. just saying it's just not. It's just it's not just, as grounded in reality. And, right. Like you could like so you can do you could do something sort of like this with, um, you know, with, you know say the, you know, the thing or Alien, right? Which is still which are both monster movies, but those are even though they're science fiction monster movies using a creature that's not real, they are feel like they're grounded in reality. You right. understand okay, everything that happens and why it happens, and here. Here, here's my confusion, a, though. Yeah. You, you just brought up a great example of, of, of something I would compare, uh, which I that I don't understand the difference. Uh, the thing that has a fantastical premise that there's an alien that can turn into anything it touches. Right. But, and that's but just the like, way it is. So well, but it's, it's, but like, it's not well, a fantastic world. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and they, they create the creature where they explain why it can it does what it does and, and so on and so forth. So it's, it's not the same at all. I don't see a similarity at all. No, I do. Hey, but, I okay, do too. <laughs> yeah. I see a huge similarity in there. No, there I, are similarities, but it's a different world setting. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's not out of space. I don't, I, I love fantasy hard. <laughs> I, I fable like that kind of, that kind of stuff. And like, I'll talk about like cobweb was a good example. Um, where yeah, that, that was think, the one you used. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, where there was uh, 
you know, it's sort of a, a different kind of reality. It wasn't really meant to be mm-hmm. set in, 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 in the real world where it's like, let's take something. So is, is that the difference, Phil, for you? Is it not being set in the quote unquote real world? I, I don't uh, even know what this concept of the real world is. I mean, well, that's you really, that's just a personal that perception thing. That's just yes, a personal but, perception thing. Everybody has a concept of a world that's different from everybody else. No, I think I understand the difference they're pointing out, though, which is that the thing is sent in that article in Antarctica, which is an actual place that exists. This is a town. Do we even get a name of the town? I don't know that we do. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't do. know where it this feels is. like a real with, town. It looks it like a real town. It begins with B. Uh, Brisbane. Or something it's like not that. like it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I mean, it's real people. The only thing that's yeah, mystical like, is look at, um, here, Like I'll give you another example, and it's weirdly going to be one that Phil loves, and that's uh, It Follows, right? Where it's set, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's set in a weird place and time where it doesn't feel like it's modern day, but somebody's using like a, a Kindle or something and it, right. or it's, you, you're never sure there's, if you don't, you can't really tell what season it's set in. There's just something off about that film, intentionally off about that film. Uh, so that you never get a, a handle on the, the, the time and the place where it is, when it is not only just when it is in terms of a, a, a calendar year, but even the season of the year. Um, and it's, which gives it that, that's sort of very tailish quality to me. That is, now, maybe I'm using the wrong wrong term here. We we can move on because I'm just not going to agree with this one. So I don't care. Well, well but it has nothing to do with agreeing. It's just it's just a the type. Of, I am not I'm going to understand, understand your conceptualization. Fably, that's all. Yeah, I, I'm still not entirely. I have a distinct idea of what fably is, and that this is not it. So uh, let's move on. I don't care anymore. It's not that important. Uh, okay, that's fine. I, 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 I'm just telling you the reason why the film didn't work for me. That yeah, I asked the question, Bear. Be mad at me. No, I'm not mad at anybody. I just I'm <laughs> done. I'm done talking about it. I don't care anymore. It's just I, I don't get it. I'm not gonna get it, and that's okay. I can't get everything. I am not put on this. Well, to get but, it. It. I, I. Yeah, you're right. I. I. We, I didn't explain <laughs> it well enough, but but it, it was Mike's. Per, point about comparing it to del toro films kind of makes sense um and and that's that's the best i can explain in this short period of time without thinking it over and, and del toro films i totally get because those seem fably to me like pan's labyrinth i totally get that one but this is just a, to me a, a regular horror film with some fantastical aspects but it's you know i kind of get what you're saying i just don't necessarily okay, agree so let me, with so- that idea I, I think part That's of it is fine. they don't explain. doesn't want to talk about it anymore, Mike. Yeah. I just said they don't explain anything. I think that would be the big difference. Sure, sure. So, uh, where do we want to go next? Uh, unless we're all done. I, I mean, oh, oh, oh there's lots to talk about. Oh, oh, we spoilers just, flag yet. Yeah, we yeah, haven't even oh, gotten oh, to spoilers yet. Oh, oh, we, oh, we could throw up the spoiler flag. Yeah, I mean. You want to just do that unless no one else has anything else to say about it. So, all right, let's just throw up the spoiler alert. Um, so at this point, we'll talk about everything and anything. Um, so where do we want to go? Um, yeah. So, so, so I, yeah, that what I didn't want to say before the spoiler flag is that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, creature in this movie is clearly a poor man's pumpkin head. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it seems to uh, do but cooler I, but stuff. But I dug it. It looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, the creature I, 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 for a long time, wasn't a fan of the Pumpkinhead design. Just because I didn't get why it was called Pumpkinhead. It didn't, like, if you well, it, 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 because it came from a pumpkin. It, it, yeah, it, I'm just saying well, that's not that's not a design I would have gone with for a creature called Pumpkinhead, and this is closer <laughs> to what I what I what I would have wanted. And yeah. I appreciate the film for what it is, uh, but it just it just took a while for me to to get that that my mental image of what a Pumpkinhead should look like, and the actual one they gave us. I, it took me a while to reconcile that. Uh, I'm, I'm, that's just a me thing. I'm not saying hmm. it's. Uh, it was the fault, and I could recognize it's a it's a good creature design. Well, well, my uh, my kid said the same thing. My my youngest, she goes, "Why is it called pumpkin head? Because it doesn't have a pumpkin head." And I had to explain it, that it comes from a pumpkin patch, and its head turns from the pumpkin into a. But so that's the only reason why I think it's called pumpkin head. To be honest, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And my and my daughter was okay with that. She was, "Oh, that makes sense." Yeah, it's a good explanation. <laughs> Anyway, continue. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great no. It's a great creature design. I, I I don't know how much is practical, how much is CGI, and I think that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, when you I can't feel the difference, that means they did the CGI portion correctly. Yep. Right. And I think that that is, and I, I don't. This isn't new. We've been saying this for a long time. People keep going back and pointing to Jurassic Park. That the best thing to do is um, when you can a blend of CGI and practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, because they each have a benefit, and there's just certain things you you just cannot do, I think, uh, or do easily in um, CGI. And there's uh, it's practical, and there's some things that are just going to come across better with a practical effect than with CGI. Like blood, blood tends to always be better when it's actual blood. Mm-hmm. Um, fire. When I've seen someone, you can always tell when someone was set on fire. Right, they do this. This uh, like and, the, and CGI, yep. And yep. it's CGI fire, because like as opposed to no, we're actually going to endanger a man's life. And maybe that's something sick and twisted of me that I wanted to see them. Uh, no, you that, can tell the difference. It is, it yeah, is but, totally but you different. Um, and it may be in ten years that they'll have the fire down. You know, maybe in ten years they'll have the like. It's all, I guess, fluid dynamics, right? It's like maybe they'll have the 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 the, the blood down, um, but it doesn't. It doesn't always work. And it's um, there's also certain things like fantastical creatures trying to. If you're dealing with a makeup um, and a suit, there are limits as to how you what you can do with that in terms of like body shape, body proportion. Maybe not a lot of limits, but there are definitely limits to it. Yeah, and and it was kind of thin and lanky. Um, and they do have a person actually playing the role at certain points. Uh, it listed in the credits, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dustin Seithammer. But um, I'm sure that there is most certainly some CGI in there as well. I mean, like yeah, the face, face and his stuff. head starts glowing with fire. I'm yeah, pretty sure that was CGI. <laughs> if it's not, then damn. Right. Kudos to that actor for going the extra mile. And, and then the way the um, eyes move and stuff, too, of the creature and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Close-ups. Uh, 
It actually it actually reminded me of uh what's his face? Uh Sam from Trick or Treat. Yes. Yeah, yeah, very very much. I, I really liked the yeah. the like it almost looked like um fire rivulets through the pumpkin ridges. Uh-huh. It just looked so yeah. neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this the the creature effects were were, were pretty rock solid. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if someone put it as their monster of the year too for 2023. Uh, but I'd, I'd have to look back to see what else there was. But it, it, it's it's worth a, a an exploding fire is just cool that it could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, it is interesting because uh, we don't get any real explanation of what it can do, and. You know, our first seeing it, it kills a couple of people and then gets killed pretty quickly itself in 20, I mean, 1962. Uh, but then in 1963, um, we see other things that it can do, like you just mentioned, start fires and stuff, which is kind of surprising. So, so um, a lot oh, of this. Since, stuff, yeah, go on. I was going to say, since you brought up the year, the reason I said it just, they felt like they were in a time hole to me, and which is why I said it could almost came off like they were never progressing. Um, but they were getting the cars from somewhere. Some Something had to be progressing. But it just was that, like you were saying, that feeling of no explanation. It felt like they were in some kind of place that didn't ever move on. And so they were going to deal with this year after year. Yeah, and I get well, that. It's, except that they, they, they kind of do. It, it well, the, yeah. This is like... Um, the village, right, where it's it's isolated from the rest of the world, so it could be any time, and we don't. Right. Well, and we know a per- people. The elders tell us that we're in, but we don't know for sure if that's the year we're supposed to be in. Well, we we do know a couple of things. One is the cars are of the correct age, and yep. and I, I would say the dress dress of how the the people dressed was of the correct age too, especially the youngsters. Um. Well, also, and the girl that was new to town is one thing that makes it more likely that it was, you know, not like I was thinking. But I'm just telling you what it felt like to me was like they were in a time hole. Like they never right. Well, well, I was also going to bring that up, too, about even though this is an isolated town, somehow uh, Kelly, that's the character you're referring to. Her father <clears throat> used to used to be from that town. And left for, I believe, the war, uh, career or something. And then he came back because he's forced to come back or something. And um, so people have been able to get away, it seems, but mm-hmm. they're forced to come back. And, and that's not explained too much. Yeah, this but. is there, there's so much. And it's not the story they're telling. And so you could argue you know, not to worry about it because that's that's not just accept it and move on. But there's like so much logistical stuff that makes me curious. Like, where yeah. does the Corvette come from? Mm-hmm. You know, is it just the young people? Here, can't a new leave? one. Can nobody leave? If they can't leave, then where are they getting things from? You know, besides the the food that they grow at the harvest. Um, yep. You know, how did we even end up in this situation in the first place? Right. Why, why is o- Officer Ricks the de facto mayor of the town? We don't know any of that stuff. So I had all those questions too, Mike. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's some of it I can take. It's like, oh, this is how it's set up. This, but it, this, it, this, this town is in this situation. And then, like, you see this, uh, like we, with, I mentioned the village earlier, right? So there, where there's a village that's uh, 
set in whatever year that was set in. And there's there's creatures and they have to be aware of the creatures in the woods around the town and nobody can leave. And all right, they set that up. By the end of that film, you understand exactly where everything comes from. If you have right, figured right. it. So, but is right. it and, necessary to this story, Mike? Because I know you no, said I don't before, think it's like, like when we were talking about cobweb, that was one of the things. No, you I don't said. think it's necessary. But again, that's where I, I will, and not to not to irritate you, but it's just a little bonus for me is that it's that that's where I think the fableish kind of thing comes from is that you just this is the but town, this is the situation, and just and just take it for what it is, and we're not going to try to delve into the logistics of it. Sure, sure, yeah, right, right. Why, why isn't a uh, you know the back truck bringing in uh, stuff to the town uh, store at points or anything like that. You know, yeah, or people just driving through. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, because as far so as here's time, an example, Phil, that of one show that you've watched that you've seemed to like that is like that. From. Yeah, yeah. Well, from is a different same idea. Reality. It's a different reality too, though, right? We don't know that. They haven't told us what it is. Well, Br- well, Brum is at least asking the questions. Yeah, because people get talk about that, and they. But do it's a have- show. That's why it can ask those questions. This is just a one and a half hour movie. Well, you can right. ask questions and, and just add another couple minutes to the movie. It doesn't take much to ask or answer the questions. Um, but it's just yeah. the fact. That, but it's the but the fact that you can or can't address it, you know, can be the difference between in, in the in the feel. Um, so, regardless, moving on. Um, I, I was just going to say in regards to the time, I'm of the opinion that if they show you a date in the movie that they want you to see the date so you know it's that date. So I'm, I'm taking the dates on the big checks as yeah. canon. And, and actually, Barrett, I have a question for you. What made you think the Kelly character uh, felt out of time? I didn't say she did. I said that's a proof that it wasn't out of time. She came from an outside area, and nothing seems out of place to her. So I should oh, just I, take I, that, I, I, and that's a, that's proof of that. It's not. It just has the feeling of being in a time hole. Right. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Doesn't feel like a natural period piece. Let's put it that way, because of the setting. Uh, uh, I'll agree. It didn't feel natural because I, I don't think it was supposed to. No, I don't think it was either. I'm just saying. It's, right. Right. And. and that's, where that and what, what other semantical right. word we use, whether it's fable or, or not, that it, I think we we all have an idea that it's it's different. Yeah, there's something about it that's different than say a, a regular horror film when it comes to setting. Yeah, um, I, and I wasn't like saying I was right about the time. the movie, but apparently it caused some issues. Um. Well, you know, I, I think it did. I mean, that's that's what most of the critics wrote about it, about it when they were just OK with the film or didn't like it at all was was stuff like that. Like, why are these people stuck there? What is the curse? You know, and and I, I don't know if that, like you said, does it matter to still like a good horror film where you get to see blood and gore? But I think I, I mentioned think it helps. I mentioned the, the, the village earlier. Right. So. um I think part of the problem is, like I said, it's hard to know in this situation what are they trying to say. Uh, and I guess it's possible they weren't trying to say anything. I, I'm not sure I would buy that. Um, but, like, the village is and, – and the director uh, and my chairman came out and said it was talking about uh, sort of the isolationism and the uh, alarmism following the post-9-11 world in the United States. 
was sort of a criticism of that. Um, well, I would contend with it that what some would is, say the end of the of that movie ruined it, not made it better. <laughs> I, I'm not saying whether it ruined or made it better, but at least you knew why what he was. You know what he was trying to say here, without knowing anything more than what we're seeing here. Why is this ritual? How did the ritual get started? I don't know they had to, have to answer all of it, but we don't get anything this is, here. This is funny. This is just funny because yeah. you're usually the one yelling at me, Mike, about ex- wanting to know about a back. Yes. No, 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 no. Because That's what I'm trying to get you guys No, I have no problem with not knowing that, except I don't have anything to figure out what's, what's the point. What was the point of the film? And I do right. believe cool that. Cool floaty heads? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, but I, but I feel like they were trying to say something more than that, and I feel like I'm, I'm missing something. I, I didn't feel that way. I, I don't okay. think they were trying to say anything. Yeah, I don't well, either. I, I, see, and I'm with Mike. I, I think they were trying to say something. So we're split uh, right down the middle. It's kind of interesting. Um, well, then you need to tell us what you think he was trying to. They were trying to say. Well, that's what Mike. No, that's that's Then you're not listening to what we're saying, which is it sounds. It feels like he's trying to say something that no, this is meant to be symbolic of something that is supposed to be making a commentary about something, but we have no idea what the fuck he's trying to say. Right, and Mike said that specifically, which is I hope that one of you folks could answer those questions. And I'm the only one I appears to agree with Mike, and unfortunately, I have the same questions as you, Mike, because I have no idea what they're trying to say either. I, I just, I, <laughs> you guys are driving me crazy tonight. I don't understand how you can feel like it's trying to say something and have no idea what it's trying to say. Exactly. That's exactly my point. Uh, too. Well, Thank you. that that's that's the the thing is that like when when we pull in Chrissy and she she'll she finds things that none of us found and it's like oh that's a good point Chrissy well, <laughs> bullshit some of it may be and some of it's real yeah exactly she's she's half I would say at least 50 percent of the things she brings up is valid and and there's got to be something here than than more than just uh a cool Halloween story or at least why I think is a cool yeah. Halloween story because yeah, because because uh, I, you're right, you're right. It, it, it shouldn't be why. There shouldn't be no why. But the thing is, it just feels like a film that's trying to have a message. Whether it's a sibling rivalry, whether it's <laughs> it, square one, whether it's whether it's um, a family. But it's not uh, the film that you're. So it, I don't know how to explain this. It's it's what you want out of the film. It's almost like rather than no. what you were given. No, it has to do with the fact that I've seen a lot of films like this before, and it has all the telltale signs about this is a commentary on, I don't know, the patriarchy. It's a comment on sacrificing young people needlessly. It's a comment on racism. I don't know what it is. Like lottery, the lottery, that had a commentary, you know. Right. Oh, okay. Speaking of racism, probably my favorite line in the whole movie, it actually made me laugh out loud, is when the the asshole jocks find them in the alleyway. He goes, he goes wait a minute. Are you making it with a Negro? <laughs> <laughs> Just the way he delivered that line fucking killed me. Oh, and he also said, "Just wait a cotton picking or a uh, minute or something like that," which is a, you know, uh, which was right before he said that, um, uh, pick a ninny, something like that is he, he used the phrase. <laughs> um, and I like the fact that they didn't go for the hard N word. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
because even then that was it's it it, it felt again which we weirdly not line. talked about. We just talked yeah. about in the uh, the uh, MonsterVerse TV show uh, is that it's 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 nice that they recognize the fact that yeah those that was the attitudes then you know that yep. uh, they didn't sugarcoat that, it for sure yeah they didn't they didn't sugarcoat it I also they also didn't think they went too far right they didn't nobody was burning a cross in front of her lawn she wasn't you know getting her with the hard n word uh, but there was that sort of well you're you're not part of us. You have you're not going to fit in, and you have to know your place. And that that would have been the attitude of the time. Mm-hmm. And she clearly chafed at that, but she wasn't walking around going black power. She shut up, and then when nobody was looking, burned shit down. <laughs> right. Now, um, I did I did find this article uh, from slashfilm.com that explains symbolism and stuff in this film and the, and the book too. Um, but I, I'll just read the, the first paragraph from this article by Sandy Schaefer entitled dark harvest explained ending explained, burn it all down. Um, and so it goes, there's a reason for young adult dystopia fad took off when it did in the 21st century because the book took it was in 2006. After a decade that saw the U.S. waging multiple wars overseas in a worldwide financial crisis story centering on oppressive, totalitarian governments and socioeconomic inequality very much spoke to the concerns of young people or really anyone who was worried about where things were headed to lead up to our current hellscape. Well, Norman Partridge's 2006 novel, Dark Harvest, is a horror fantasy rather than sci-fi. It came out two years before the first Hunger Game book. It, too, was clearly informed by what was happening in the 2000s, particularly how the United States War on Terror paralleled its approach to the Cold War in Vietnam back in the 1960s. That's the first paragraph. Uh, but I hate articles by- like that. But then it goes by comparison. I'll just read the second paragraph because it talks about the movie. <laughs> by, He's going to read the whole article. No, I just said the, I just said the second paragraph. Um, by comparison, director David Slade's Dark Harvest movie adaption was late to the party when it finally came together, only to be bounced back multiple times as a result of COVID-19 before quietly being released on digital just in time for the 2023 scary season. It is also very much a triumph of style over substance, although that style is pretty spectacular. Uh, make that spectacular, as you'd expect from the stylist responsible for hard candy, 30 days a night, and numerous episodes of the television series Hannibal. Nevertheless, if you dig beneath the film's Halloweenish imagery and general vibes, you'll quickly uncover some interesting commentary on this destructiveness of the U.S. war machine. Um, and what? I want more. There, there's this one, two, there's this couple of, there's about five other paragraphs, but I mean, I don't know. They, basically, this woman, whether she's completely wrong or not, feels there's, there's symbolism in the film. And, well, and did, that was one of the things I said is the idea, the, the, the sacrifice of young men and, and training young men to kill. That was just like, I, I was wondering if that was a, something that they were trying to, to comment on here. Because um, right. we do, I mean, like, like right now there are there are two major wars are going on as at least that I know of that. Uh, yeah, in the world, the United States has an interest in whether whatever your position on those wars might be, and whether we should be interested in that they are. But both wars are largely being, fed, especially you know Ukraine and uh, and Russia, are largely being fought by young men who really had nothing to do with this, right? That they, they 
they didn't decide to invade. They, you know, it's um, uh, like the, nobody, like, it wasn't young men who said, yeah, let's go invade Ukraine. Um, but they're the ones who largely are the ones being asked us to fight and to sacrifice mm-hmm. and being taught and trained to kill. Right. And then when they do, right, we, we venerate them as heroes. So that kind of works, but then to me the metaphor starts to fall apart because of what happens after you become the war hero. <laughs> well, you well, you know, <laughs> well, you know what, Mike? I, I think again, this is from 2006, uh, the the book, right? And and Norman Partridge, uh, if we look at his age, and I'm gonna bring him up now, uh, 1958. So he was he saw Nam. And he yeah. saw veterans coming back from Nam and how they, similar, if you want to use symbolism in this film, uh, were were coming back to be heroes, but then were, were treated like crap and disowned and became uh, uh, homeless or, or got on drugs or, or, or depression or, or PTSD or whatever. And so you could even argue that maybe he was trying to say that where you have these kids that are t- turned into fighting machines they they do their job they return and and then and then they're just uh forgotten or or uh or whatever but also you could argue that they're put on a pedestal that as a symbol too and yet well because you can't go anywhere now we're not 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 pausing to to uh thank the troops right and yeah uh, and and i'm thinking about that before somebody writes uh but yeah there there are there are questions about a lot of things. I mean, if, if it's if it's still Vietnam, I I got to be honest. Having grown up uh, in the in the seventies and eighties, I'm I'm kind of tired of, of listening to the boomers try to figure out their shit because you know it's I've been hearing it for a long time. So I hope it's still yeah. not another uh, metaphor. Um, we, we have we have plenty of other issues. We 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 do need to move on, and we can always go back and revisit uh, Born on the Fourth of July and Rambo and uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, those are there. I don't yeah. think we need. Revisiting that, but that's a possibility, Mike. For you, yeah. So that's it, and that's that's all I'm saying is I wasn't sure. I could see things that it might have been trying to say. I'm just not sure either. I'm not on the same wavelength. Right, right. Or, well, uh, and, and and this woman also said said horror fantasy rather than science fiction, or and 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 I, I guess that's where you know comparing it to Hunger Hunger Games. So so I guess that's where where I, I could see the fantasy. I just saw the fantasy. Well, again, semantically, it could be a different term, Barrett. But it was just something about it. But either way, I see, I see the Hunger Games as sci-fi. I mean, I don't see it as right. And that's, what that, that's what she's implying. She's saying Dark Harvest is a horror fantasy rather than sci-fi, which, which oh, okay. uh, the Hunger Games which came out uh, two years before. I and, mean, I mean, and, came out two yeah, years before. Let's the, also remember that's around the time that Battle Royale came out. Yeah, uh, that's you know, you had, and you got a lot of the young like dystopian stuff like. Divergence and Maze Runner. Yep. Um, there was another one that I'll be, I can't think of right now. Uh, but yeah, so it was just was a common dystopian fiction kind of thing, and uh, you know, this is sort of like. Now I don't know if that's honestly that's always been a perennial favorite. I've you know I've just put uh, you know that's always been at a, at an audience. Um, but it's also something that always kind of plays preys on our. Our dystopia, our end of the world, always reflects what our fears of the moment are, right? So, you know, we grew up in the 80s, and the, the dystopian 
fears at that time were either nuclear war or degeneration into like you know some crime ridden hellhole like in RoboCop. Uh, because those were two of the major issues going on in the world at the time. Now it's all global warming, uh, and that's and or, or climate change is the is the big one. Uh, it, it just it's all and, and in twenty years we'll probably be more worried about something else, and that'll be the new uh, garden gnomes. I don't know. That'll be the new apocalypse. Now, um, so so this film here. Um, we, we did learn that someone could get out of the film, I mean, out of the town, but they had to come back for some reason. Um, I, uh, I did find it disturbing when, the, when the children kill Jack and then they eat his innards. I know it's candy and things like that, but <laughs> it, it makes them, it, it kind of does dehumanize them as, as kind of mm-hmm. what, what, what I think, um, this article may be talking about too. So I, think, yeah. I, I might be, I might be, maybe I'm, I'm misremembering here. Phil. I know you didn't like the, uh, movie, uh, fresh. Uh, yeah, that was gross. Yeah. The can- cannibalism stuff or, you know, seems to be a thing that, 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 that might get to you. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah. yeah it was kind of like that. You're right. Yeah. Well, um, and it, it was an odd, it was, it was an odd aspect of this story that was really highlighted that they uh, they starve their kids for three days before this event, so they're that's fucking a fair starving. Point. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, you're right. So, so th- that's a that's a really good point, Eric. Yeah. So, so when they can eat the candy inside, even if it is there's all bloody gook too, and it's just kind of dehumanizing, de- dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Um. And with all the the hormones and testosterone and whatever else is going on with 17-year-old, 18-year-old boys that have been locked up for three days. Yeah. And, and and, you know, even all those kids, even though they know they're doing it, you know, they have TVs, they have radios, they they know what's going on. So they know what they're doing is is weird and wrong and, and stupid and not how it is everywhere else. So... You know, and they know their parents are. They're told, but they're they're told this is this is what's going to happen. This is how you do it. I mean, I I thank thankfully I've been in a position for my entire life where I've never had to go three days without eating. Um, but I can't imagine that you're you are obviously you're hungry after three days of not eating, but I don't think you're at that mindless. Uh, I'll eat anything that's put in front of me stage either. Right, like you got Tom Hanks and uh, Castaway. You know, it took him a while to turn around and eat, eat the raw raw fish. It didn't turn yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, I believe this is just it's the the time the town has a hype machine for this event. Yeah. Um, because they're they're also putting my my favorite aspect of the story was they're putting forth this false premise that whoever kills Sawtooth Jack is the hero and wins a prize, right? So everybody's enthusiastic about winning the prize. And and what's revealed towards the end of the movie is that, yeah, what they actually do is take you out into a cornfield and fucking kill you and you're the, you get turned into the next Sawtooth Jack for the next year. Right. Which I also have makes me 
question something. So it makes it does explain one of the rules, which is um, I guess. Which, by the way, I'm unclear on the rules. On are the rules rules, or are they more like guidelines? Um, because there's a rule that the film starts with the, with a winner, and then since he won, his brother's not allowed to participate in the games next year. Which, by the way, I could point to there there being that whole draft thing, right? The um, you know that you're not supposed to take too many members of the same family. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. He enters regardless, right? There's he's supposed to be locked up, so he can't. But they can't stop him from going out, and he ends up becoming the next winner. And then, real spoiler, at the end, he's holding his brother, who's the new Sawtooth Jack. It's surrounded by people eager to kill him, so they can be the next quote unquote winner. And yet, his brother basically encourages him. To be the victor so that mm-hmm. he can basically take his place and be miserable and be murdered. And that felt really bizarre to me. It's a little yeah. weird. I'll give you that. Yeah, it was weird. Well, he was still alive. Couldn't he have dragged him into the church? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the mob would have stopped him. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm thinking, Mike, and I, I agree 100% with what you said, but I think like the, how the father t- t- at the end, how he works out this whole thing out, where it, which is he c- will get be able to have the new Jack, even if it is sacrificing his second son, to take vengeance on the town and just kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the and, father, but what about brother? The, the right, 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 right. What's why is the brother doing it? You think the brother would say, "Stay away from this. Get away. Don't do it." Yeah, and I understand but, the brother just wants to end his misery. I get that. Right, right. but why not? But there was somebody that Riley, five like, feet away who has a gun who seems to be eager yeah, Riley, to, to do Riley. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is a really good question. Yeah, so the big twist is uh, if you win – the Halloween contest and kill Jack before he gets to the church, then not only do you get the Corvette and the $25,000 check and your family gets to move to a fancier house and you get to leave the town forever if you want to. What really happens is as you're driving out of town and they do have that funny line that's repeated twice at least. And it's not really funny, but, but I mean, it's ironic, I should say, which is there is no, uh, stop sign on the black pavement or something like that the and black. the black road or, or the black McAdam, I don't know, something like that he said um, what happens is they show him driving off to the cornfields towards the next town wherever that's going to be but we learn in the, later in the film that he's pulled over by Officer Ricks and is arrested and Officer Ricks brings him back and they bury him alive and there's some farmer that buries him alive who we never really meet and turns him into the next Jack sawtooth Jack, who will rise in one year from that day for the next Halloween it's a repeat over and over and over. So the, the champion becomes the next sawtooth Jack um, without their knowledge, except for a handful of adults that know the truth. And I'm with you, Phil. You seem to to get that pretty early. It didn't really surprise me either. 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And and what it is is the adults that know what's really going on, even though the audience still doesn't. The the adults know that a join that joined the um the what, what what do they call it? Not a cult. Harvesters Guild. The guild, that's the word I was looking for, thank you. So you're welcome into the Harvesters Guild, and that's when you find out that your son is now the new Sawtooth Jack, and he didn't get the f- escape. And so you become dead inside, probably, because of that. And um, so, yeah, it's it's just a terrible thing that goes on and on. So so the hero is actually killed, basically, and turned into a monster. And, I, and again, that, that, that could be another point where you were thinking, Mike, which is the hero is worshipped, and yet he's a monster. You know, so who knows? It's 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 interesting, but and it's a horrific. You know, to think you win and you get the hell out, and then you, you really can't. Um, and, and also throwing that, I mean, this could be if they're trying to say something of that uh, about how you know. If you're looking at it as a uh, millennial, and remember, and I, I think that's a good point to bring up when the book was written, um, right? Because millennials are ones that would have been uh, born in like 1984 and on. So, it's right. like, so this would be as the millennial generation is coming of age. I could certainly see how following on the heels of uh, 9/11 and you know all the and and really that's the start of. I think uh, of really just all the institutions we had, just people just completely started to lose faith in them. And often for, for good reason, uh, whether, you know, it was the government or the Catholic church or, or what have you, um, baseball, you know, it's just, yeah, that's true. You, you could, you could make that argument. Was, was this then talking about, uh, how the, the older generation is just, Concerned about themselves and fucking everything else up for the ones who are following them. Yeah, right, right. Because as as Gen Xers, we'll give the millennials some shit, although we largely stay out of the the millennial slash boomer wars. <laughs> um, <laughs> but let's be honest. I mean, they they grew up like right, we by the time nine eleven happened. Uh, we were in our thirties, uh, or close to it. Most of us had our careers. We were out of college. They had to deal with nine eleven. They had to deal, and then the housing crisis, and then the financial crisis. Uh, you know, it's just always something going on. It and, is their fault. And never, and never mind. They, they they were, they were it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't twenty year olds who caused the housing crisis. <laughs> Right, right. I just like to say mean things about millennials. Oh, I know that they deserve it. Uh, there's no question. Uh, but I think they also have, if, if there's any generation that I'm aware of in my lifetime that has the right to go, look at what you, you fucked everything up. I think it's them. And, and you know, now the boomers. everyone's in power. Hmm? <laughs> and Boom. to the boomers, yeah. <laughs> and mostly to the boomers, exactly. I have my own opinion on that I want to, don't want to get into right now. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and then even even the adults, like I said, you know, uh, you think the Harvesters Guild is, is uh, an organization that that's, you know, helps the town. They, they probably do charity work. They, they, 
They uh, <laughs> they're part of the bi- the business, you know, the business community where where they they keep keep the help businesses, you know, you know, like the the ones that that are around in any small town. And then when you you join after your son wins the championship, you find out that it's all a lie and evil, and and you become dead inside. You know, <laughs> I I I'm I don't know. Not that I, I would like to ever think of doing it, but I, I, I would probably. I don't know what I would do if I found something out like that. I, I would just probably go insane. You know, who knows? I, I just couldn't handle something like that. If you find out that everything is a false, you know, it's, it's just terrible. Um, well, everything is false, but just not like in this movie. Well, and and we see we see it because we see the the mother. She literally she suicides, and the father he's he's dead. He, he's mm-hmm. I mean he's he's in his inside his soul is gone because of, because it's he, he they both know the truth and they can't believe it. it when once they found out their son was turned into a monster and he didn't win anything. And there one little now, detail I caught when rewatching the movie today is that uh, when uh, he has the letter. From from supposedly his brother, um, it's not postmarked. So I thought that was a neat little detail that I didn't catch the first time. Oh, neat! Yeah, because what we find out is that the brother, who's the lead character, he keeps on getting letters every so often from the his brother that supposedly you know that did win the contest the prior year, and he's living out in California and and whatever. And what it is is his mother is just writing letters and saying that they came in from the brother and here here is the new letter and they're usually you know good stuff you know i'm doing well uh whatever maybe i'll come back but i got good things going on here and what it is is wait, to, wait, wasn't he uh wasn't he wasn't he cutting an album yes yeah, so all sorts of stuff in town yeah yeah and so he he thinks his brother is alive and well in California because of these fake letters that his mother's writing because his mother obviously doesn't want to have his her other son's soul, you know, <laughs> be dead like, like hers. Hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's one of the twists that we find out. But again, like, like uh, you said, Eric, they, you know, they throw some hints out there. And then, like you said, Barrett whether we knew we knew it was going to go that way most likely that jack was the brother yeah but uh but yeah when you really look at it the, the movie is very sad it's terrible <laughs> it's, it's, it's a kind of a bummer yeah yeah although i hope sure he burns is. everything down like his dad wants yeah yeah exactly yeah and and the thing is 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 like who's at fault i mean technically well, the uh, cop was pretty bad, just in general. Well, yeah, the cop for some reason is the is like the um the not the Igor, but but the the Stoker, you know, yeah. for, you know, and and I don't know why, I don't know why he was chosen, I don't know what, if he's doing it because he just doesn't want the town to get leveled uh, by by the, the sandstorm, or if he's honestly helping the creature or, or the curse or whatever. And then um, 
the rest of the people, the ones that know, I mean, everybody knows there's something wrong, even if you're not in the Harvester's Guild, because it's like, why can't we leave? And, and we see your it, kids uh, run around like maniacs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where people die. So it's like, there's a lot of bad stuff that's, that's going on. And and it's like, what, what, who's to blame? And, and technically, that's another thing that you say, Mike, as, as an issue or, or a point that they're trying to say is that everybody's to blame in a sense, even though they're not part of the, the original curse, they're to blame because they're, they're covering it up. The, the, the ones that, especially the ones that are in the harvest to guild. So I don't know. I, I don't. Well, and it was weird when the kids start just in, it didn't seem like in their opening that they were just indiscriminately killing everything. Although we didn't see enough probably to know this, but then they killed that shopkeeper and I was like, what the hell? So just anybody's fair game almost. Yeah, the first the first one it was near the end of the the hunt for yeah. Jack, right? So, so we so don't know what they did in there, but right. I didn't think there was really any mass murders going on in that. So when they showed or talked about it with the the, the one in 1963, that kind of surprised me. But well, I, and it yeah. could be that in the one that we witness um Richie stole the cop's car, so he's really the the cop is kind of hampered in his ability to uh to keep an eye on things and ring things in because uh, his ride got stolen. That is true. That is true. He can't do anything about it. Um, I, I like the fact that he starts shooting at. I like that he sends out it's messages hard. just to control what he does, like to tell him where the that guy was is. Clever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. Got to respect a clever asshole. Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty mm. clever. That most certainly was clever. Um, because because uh, um, it w- brings the kid right where he wants to get, get him and, and whatnot. Um, another scene I thought was interesting too was was the scene uh, of the the. Um, because you know, people are saying at first. I was like, "Why? Why the hell is there just a bulkhead in the middle of a, at a corner of a road?" But what it is, it's a storm shelter, because you know the tornadoes, and because this is southern Illinois, where this takes place, you know, near the cornfields. A where, storm uh, is coming. So Jack goes in there and he kills all the boys. And I, I'm wondering why is is Jack killing everybody? And I'm thinking, is it because they're trying to kill him, or is he is he? Similar to like a Frankenstein or a vampire where there's a little humans in him, but he's still a monster and a murderer. And I, I, I think it's B. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. So he, he kills all, all the kids in the, um, the storm shelter and there's like 25 of them or something. It was like crazy. Yeah. And uh, you don't see it all. You just see a geyser of blood. <laughs> yeah. That is, right. It's kind of rad. I liked it. And I love that whole part. Rips the head off and then goes down in there and just blood. Blah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, what else? Where else did we want to go? What else did we want to bring up? There's, there's got to be other stuff on people's uh, topical list that they haven't brought up yet, is there? Uh, well, the, the kills you were mentioning, I like the... Uh, I think it was. it may have been... The first kill of the movie when the when the one kid gets like half decapitated. Oh like, my god, that was, was like, oh my god, <laughs> that was gnarly. 
<laughs> and, and oh, sudden. And, and, yeah, and sudden. And, like it and wasn't the, telegraphed at all. He's just running in. Right, and he gets literally split in half. It was. It was. Do you know why that happened? No, because he, he was in the grass. He was in the corn. Yeah, it's the cornfield fault. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jack has powers that we don't know because we, you know, he, like you said, we could burn stuff too. But then he, um, he decapitates, not decapitates, but takes off the top of one's head, one kid's head. Yeah, that's what I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, I thought awesome. you were talking about the one where he gets chopped in half because there's one where the kid literally gets chopped in half. No, I'm talking about the one where he just took him out from like the bridge of the nose up. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's trying to lure the other ones out. Right. right? Well, well, well. Then, then I'm t- I also want to bring up the one where where the kid gets literally ripped in half too. That was pretty awesome. Right. As well. Yeah, uh, that, yeah happens, that was cool. That happens very shortly after. And I thought that was weird because it. That they had two similar deaths right next to each yeah. other like that. Right, maybe right. That's just like maybe that's his finishing move. Well, right. yeah. And, well, the thing is, is, is did he have a, a scythe, or, or did he have a machete, or a sickle, or something that that people would use? You know, for for all he had was sweet, sweet candy. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So yeah, so the kills were pretty pretty solid, pretty solid kills. Um, and and one shot that I just uh, when I was rewatching, I started laughing because there's a shot towards the end of the movie when uh, uh, Sawtooth Jack is coming out of the church and he's all back lit, and I was like, oh wow, we got more grays in this movie than we got in any one of the ones Phil made us watch. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Because it was true. totally close encounters going on there. That's right. That's right. And and signs because they have the cornfields in it. So there you go. Um, so yeah, yeah. That was, but again, that was another cool um, special effect of the creature. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Anything else anybody want to bring up? Anything? I'm good. Um, let's see. Nice right, taking a look uh, on his list. Checking Check it twice. Play. That's right. Oh, Jinx! <laughs> you owe me a soda. <laughs> oh, you know you're gonna get me Hertz chips. Oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, let me comment this on, on the costume design. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's running around in uh, not everyone, all the boys who are competing in the uh, Elvis, Elvis Presley's, Elvis, uh, Three Stooges, uh, Jack Kennedy, uh, uh, others uh, that. Yeah, who's the guy that was uh, 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 Great Balls of Fire? Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Um, you had, I think, was that the guy who played the guy who uh, owned the butcher shop? Was that the guy who played Bobby in uh, Sons of Anarchy? Yes, I thought it, yes, was, it was too. Yeah, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. 100% oh, correct. I like his st- but but anyway, but I really like those costume designs. And since we're talking about the kills, you know, where he just just the kids are coming to eat his meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just, and he just blows them away. And I just thought that was great. There was no boys. I'm sorry, boys. No, don't make me do it. Boys. Oh no. No, he just said, fuck you. Boom. Go. You know? Is that all you got? Um, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's again, it's, it's, it's a weird setup. It's a weird system. Uh, but Hey, 
If it works, it works. Right, right. Well, that, that's the part that I didn't understand. Even if you're you're three days starving and you're out to kill, yeah, you're not going to be that hungry. Jack. What, right, but why, why? And also, why would you be killing and, and vandalizing random houses too? It's just kind of weird. Because you can. Because but, they're teenage boys, and I think Eric is right about this: is that they make a big evil. deal out of this, and I think they've established a permission structure to to uh, to give the kids permission to just be fucking assholes on that night. And teenage yeah. boys will take permission to be a fucking asshole. Yeah, and they're three days hungry. And they're three days hungry. But, but why? But why would they allow it though, or, or say that's okay? When you would think they say, "You guys just got to stop Jack. You got to find him." Instead of do random violence that have nothing to do with preventing Jack from getting to the church and, and then causing the the, the sandstorm. Well, looking for him, and what are they going to do while they wait? Or dust storm, I should say. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. It's, it was just weird. I felt odd, different, because you had other boys who. Didn't want to participate at all, and they just locked themselves in that that con- that storm shelter, right? You know, it's, but I don't know. It's just uh, it's it was strange. I felt it was just strange. Well, different kids because some kids wanted the 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 car and the check, and they they want to. And, and let's be honest, most of the kids do survive this. Yeah. And then there's other kids who are like, "Fuck that! I'm out of here." Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was sort of like weird. why? Why? Let's go back to the, you know, to the military thing, right? Some people, why some kids enlist and some kids just just when some kids don't, you know, even if you're in the time of of crisis, um, you know, if you are, if you happen to be in a war, not necessarily everybody ha- you know signs up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I. I got nothing else. Uh. Anyone else? Anything else? All right. I guess I guess we're done talking about Dark Harvest. <laughs> so uh, we can get into some other stuff. So uh, first, let's do the analytics. So the top ten podcasts of the past thirty days. So number ten. All right. Let's make sure I got to get that right. Yep. But we have a tie for number ten. Uh, Episode 600 of Dark Discussions Podcast, The Wicker Man. It's finally beginning to fade after dominating for weeks. And then uh, we have Tied With It. And I bring that up again. And I bring this up again. Uh, We have Tied With It is the introduction to uh, King of Kaiju, Monarch, A Legacy of Monsters. Uh, Then episode nine, uh, top number nine, number eight, and number seven are all King of Kaiju, and that is uh, the first episode, is number nine. This uh, episode, uh, number eight, is uh, episode six, which is the the one that just got released. So it just popped up on the top ten, and it's only been out for about three to four hours now. And number, let's see, seven is episode five. Uh, Then we have episode six. Uh, on the top ten is Dark Discussions episode podcast six oh five first contact, uh, which uh, just debuted last week. Then we have uh, King of Kaiju uh, in number five and number four, so episode three and episode four in that order. And then the top three 
Uh, Dark Discussions Podcast, episode 603, Eli Ross, Thanksgiving. And then Dark Discussions Podcast, episode 604, Godzilla minus one is in second place. And number one is Dark Discussions Podcast, episode 602, When Evil Works. Nice. So that's, uh, yeah, so that, that one's uh, right up there. But uh, the three big films, the, the three most popular films are one, two, and three. So there you go. Um, all right, so we can get into uh, what we've been watching and uh, news and such. Uh, so, uh, some of the news I, I mentioned was, uh, that Universal, or uh, National Amusements, uh, I should say, and, and Paramount, uh, may merge or be bought out by Warner Brothers slash Discovery, is, is the rumor right now. <laughs> That's been working out so well. Well, and I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on here, because, because if this was the 70s, they wouldn't allow any of this crap. No, uh, look, because this is all monopolies now. It's pissing me off. And yeah, the thing yeah, yeah. that, yeah, and, and the thing is, is that they claim, well, because HBO isn't a regular s- a s- cable or satellite um, or, or, or antenna channel, it's okay because now this gives them CBS. But the thing well, is, it's not, a, it's not a monopoly when you still have Disney out there. Um I mean, it's a we're getting getting closer to it. Oh, you're you're getting closer to it, but it's also, uh, you know, let's let's take a look at how these businesses are doing. I remember just a couple of years ago when Disney bought Fox, they're like, they're going to run everything, and they're going to, and it's and they're going to dominate the market because yeah, Disney was riding high, and and this year they've had bomb after bomb after bomb. Uh, Right, but they're still kind of a monopoly. Kind of sort of. No, not a, they're not a monopoly. Not kind of, not sort of. They're not a monopoly. Um, I, I think the problem here is that the entertainment industry is has fucked itself, um, chasing after imaginary dollars with the streaming services and digital and yeah, and, uh, and way way too expensive uh, movies. And and yeah, and movies that are just way far more expensive than they need to be. Um, and that's the thing that kills me is because, uh, oh my God, uh, like we just talked about this Godzilla minus one, $15 million budget. Yeah. They fucking destroyed Ginza in that movie and it looked fantastic. You don't yeah. need to be spending $300 million on these movies. Yeah, well, there shouldn't be a staff of 500 people to do the CGI. Well, right. Part of it is I don't, and I'm not going to say how many people are needed for the CGI work, but part of it is how much do you pay the actors, how much do you pay the producers, how many how many producers do you have? Because if you have like a big property, um, you know, then everyone who's ever touched that property, you know, might still be getting some revenue from it. So there's a um, the Alien TV series coming out on uh, FX by uh, Romulus Alien Romulus. Right. God. Was that a Star Trek? Uh, no, Alien. Oh, oh, oh! You mean Far you mean like 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 uh, Dan O'Bannon's Alien? Yeah, that's yeah. not a great series material. Oh my gosh! Except yeah. for who's doing it? Who's doing it? Uh, is it Noah Hathaway? It's the guy who's, who did Fargo and who did Legion. Um, okay. Scott potentials if they do like a uh, Marine style thing. We'll see. 
So we'll see what happens. And it's like I said, you know, when they did Hannibal as a TV series, I thought that was a terrible idea. And I think the TV series ended up working out great. Oh, so uh, uh, no, you know who it is? It's Fede Alvarez, the guy that did the Evil Dead to uh, Evil Dead remake. Okay. And don't, and don't breathe. He's the guy that's doing Alien Romulus. Okay. So that's who it is. I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just saying it's not, not the guy that did Legion. I'm, I'm just bringing up who it was. Well, he, well, he was originally attached to it. Maybe that changed. Gotcha. Or maybe yeah, yes, yeah, it got creator. changed. It's now officially directed and written by Fede Alvarez and Roto Saya Guase. Um, and they're the showrunners. Um, so Fede Alvarez is the co, co, uh, showrunner with Roto Sayagase, who's also, I think, probably from, uh, no, Uruguay. Yeah, they're both from Uruguay, so they must know each other. Yeah. So anyway, that, I just, I just brought that up. Is that, uh, that's who's doing it. So anyway, you, you were going on, Mike. I just wanted to mention who it was. But they're, yeah, they're, but they're investing, um, hundreds of millions of dollars in some of these shows that nobody ever watches. Yeah. Because there's yeah. so much content, because they're all hoarding it, like they're not, uh, Disney is finally releasing Blu-rays for uh, Mandalorian and uh, WandaVision and, and uh, Loki, right? And these are shows that came out three years ago. Right. Um, Netflix was like, you know, never likes to release uh, for most of their properties the, the DVDs, and then I would also point out don't put extras on them because that would entice you to buy them rather than just keep your, your streaming service. Um, well, plus, plus, I, I can't, it, it, not that I agree with this, but I can't blame them because a lot of companies are, are going away from, um, hard copies. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but they're doing it so that you have to, if you want to watch the Mandalorian, Disney was basically saying, if you want to watch more Star Wars, you have to subscribe. You cannot take the, uh, the buy it option. Sure. Sure. And, and even though that meant they were losing out because there are you know, physical collectors. And to, be, and to be honest, it's not hard. You can go on eBay, I'm sure, and get physical copies of bootlegs. Sure, I'm, sure. Sure, I'm sure they're there. I haven't looked, but I'm sure they're there. Sure. Um, but they, yeah, they've just spent money hand over fist thinking that streaming services were going were gonna to be some cornucopia. But Warner Brothers was, I'm sorry, ran horribly for the last several years and made a lot of dumb decisions and alienated a lot of people and was putting out product that just wasn't very good. And this weekend, I think you're going to get the, the new Aquaman movie. Uh, and they're basically saying that it's up to Aquaman to save the, the uh, box office for the year and to save Warner Brothers. And spoiler warning, it probably won't because it's, because this has been getting terrible word of mouth for over a year. Um, uh Aquaman, first reviews. So uh, let's see what it says here. It's uh, a good question, Mike. Uh, it's already coming out. Uh, critics say Aquaman's second solo outing is overstuffed and underwhelming, though there are flashes of brilliance in the chemistry between Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson is a highlight. So, yeah, I guess and, you're right. And I want to say, I'm not in any way. I love the, the Aquaman as a character, and I, I enjoyed uh, what Jason Momoa is doing with it. I'm not ruining for it to fail. I'm just sure, saying sure. it looks like it's going to. And I might enjoy the fuck out of it, but it's... Oh, you mentioned budget. Um, so this came up with some website. It said, why is uh, why is it everyone calls the Marvels a failure, and yet it made the same amount of money as the Willy Wonka movie? 
Well, because the Willy Wonka movie costs $100 million and the Marvels cost 250 Right. So they made the same amount of money, but one cost almost a third as much as the other. Oh. Right. I, I, that's the difference. Right. Well, I, difference. well, well and, and some of that stuff is, is also – uh, the audience, you know, they think the audience is is that is bigger than it really is for some of this stuff. And like right. you said, there's just so many things. So it's like, uh, uh, you know, I'm right. And I'll, I'll point to it's been it's been a while now, but when Disney did the Lone Ranger, and oh god, when, when they when when they did the Lone Ranger, forget all the problems that existed behind the scenes, and uh, that was that was two hundred million dollar movie for the Lone Ranger. When was the last time anyone gave a shit about the Lone Ranger? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And it, and it, it could have been a that there are certain film. properties if, that, if, that if still they, have resonance. And, but then there's things like you had uh, Tom Hanks got the right to do a major Matt Mason movie, which is like a toy line from the 60s. That, like, who cares? You know, that's not a thing that had, had any cultural legs to it. It may have been a flash in the pan at one point you know it's one thing to say oh look they made a barbie movie so let's go back and make a pet rock movie some things are sustained and you can tap into it and some things need to be stuffed left in the past unless you've got a brilliant idea on how to revitalize it right right and the merger is happening yes and so and so you're getting the merger and part of it's because these companies are probably trying to to keep up with disney and deal with their own losses and this is Warner Brothers in the last, uh, what is it, 10 years. It went from AT&T to Discovery, and now they're going to go someplace else. Right, right. And, and they just keep on growing because they picked up HBO, they picked up Warner Brothers, they picked, and now they may pick up uh, Paramount. And and it's just, you know, everything's dissolving. United Artists, it was another one. So, so. It's 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 disheartening and because, you know, then you look at Apple bought out MGM and then then Prime, um, at, you know, Amazon, they, they got their stuff and, and they bought out well, newspapers and, and then they I got think, but I think you got Disney, you have back, Comcast. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, they're getting bought out, but they're and you're merging some, but you're also getting new ones coming along. Right. You're always getting uh, in our lifetimes. You had films like uh, studios like uh, New Age, uh, not New Age, Lionsgate. Like Lionsgate and uh, uh, Freddie um, New Line, uh, A24, you know, uh, Blumhouse. You start getting other production studios. We'll we'll step in and fill in the gap. Right. Um, it, it is how it is, and I'm not at the point now where I'm, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm thrilled with it, but sometimes companies just get too damn big and get too complacent, and I think that's right. Well, new line, new line. Speaking of new line, they're owned by Warner Brothers, though. <laughs> you know, so I mean, everything. That got, well, that, that did eventually get bought out. Yeah. Um, but we're used to have, you know, uh, Columbia Pictures. You know, it's you know that that got bought out by Sony, but it's still a separate company from some others. Universal, yeah. uh, not you know, uh, UA. Sorry, had not really done anything for a long time because they screwed up their finances. Uh, and that's the biggest reason some of these things happen is that these companies fuck up and they're trying to find a way to survive. So it's it's not a sign of how did Disney get Fox? Fox screwed up for years. They weren't able. To, they were having trouble capitalizing on their properties, and they were 
churning out a lot of product nobody gave a shit about. Weren't they bought by Comcast too? Uh, Fox. Fox was bought out by Fox was bought out by Disney. Yeah, yeah I was thinking before, before then. Oh, oh no, no, they were still independent because uh, Rupert Murdoch owned it, and then what he did was he split the company. Comcast is Universal, isn't it? Oh, that's what it is. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and Fox, what it was is they split it into two, and so Fox News and Fo- and Tubi are owned by that part of Fox, the twenty century Fox, yeah. and then, then just twenty century, which is the movie part, was sold off to Disney. Uh, Eric, I think you missed something. Yeah, you're supposed to say fuck Tubi. Uh, I didn't. Even, I didn't even catch it, and I'm just waiting for this conversation to be done. <laughs> so yeah, I think let's let's wait and see what happens. Let's just wait and see where they go. Um, if if it's approved, if it's not approved, yeah. So yeah, well, and, and if it isn't approved, someone else will just just move in instead, right? I mean, I I can't believe it's just going to sit sit out there. Yeah, I doubt it will, and I, I and it's that. Um. Oh, and then what is it? February, Disney and and Hulu are uh, are disappearing, and they're going to be called combined into one. Similar to like, well, like 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 HBO Max is now. Just I like Max. Disney. I like Disney. Yeah, and so Hulu and Disney or, or like, Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. so they're gonna they're gonna merge. Hulu <laughs> Plus. Yeah, so so <laughs> in February they're they're merging. Uh, and so as one big app, I guess, or something. And I don't know what they're going to call I'm it. I'm getting so pissed off with all this. Well, Apple, what are they going to do for payment? <laughs> like, <laughs> Apple just did something to make me mad, too. They updated the OS on the uh, Apple TV, and they killed – there used to be a movie store and a TV show store and then the Apple TV Plus app, and they killed the separate uh, movie store and TV store and rolled everything into the Apple TV Plus app. Oh There's no! I, I, big bundle of shit now that's impossible to navigate. When, when did they do that? I uh, earlier it. this week. Yeah, see, I haven't really been. I don't watch TV that much, and so I didn't see it yet. Oh no, it's going to be devastating because I love my my little movie. They took here. away the wish list too. They had a they had a wish list. <gasps> oh no! And, no. Uh, I just threw stuff in there that I wanted to watch eventually. Been yeah, me doing it for for years, and then yeah. one day I go to go in there, and they're like. Oh no! You can't use this app anymore. It's in the Apple TV Plus app now. And I go to the Apple TV Plus app, and the, there's no wish list in there. They just they just fucking took it away. It's so everything everything you, had, everything you had saved is gone. Yep. Same with me too. Oh my god, that's terrible. Bastards. We're not Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there still is even rumors that Apple is going to be buying out. Disney too, so who knows? I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, that's Jesus game. Christ! Well, I mean, Apple's a player just simply because they have so much fucking money. Right. And I just, I, I would well, just same, same with Amazon too, right? Amazon yeah. just gets so much money. What's that, Mike? I, I would just remind everybody to go back and watch Blade Runner and look at all the neon signs in Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, all the massive oh, wow. mega companies that were around in 1982. Mm-hmm. And 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 ask yourself, what that was a real company? Did that ever actually exist? It uh, sure did. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, half of them, you know, that's it's it's a it's a joke. How many of them stopped existing? 
Um, yeah, no. like one of my, my favorite companies as a kid was uh, because we had the it was at the, like five miles from where I lived, and they had the um, the outlet, and you could buy stuff. So my mom used to go there all the time. Very fine juices, and we she would come home with like cases of stuff that was awesome because they like like the juices were put in the wrong can or something like that so it said tomato juice but it was really like fruit juice or something and and so they just want to get rid of it and so they so we we had all this great stuff and then very fine collapse too and it's like because it was so I, yeah these companies they just screw up somehow and they were huge oh, and they yeah just, and, and let's remember i mean if you go back uh to the 1950s and who would have imagined that paramount warner brothers united artists columbia would be in this, you know, in the positions they're in now, and that Disney, of all things, right. was going to be the big studio in Hollywood. Fox would be gone. Um, that or FGM, right? Yeah. And does anyone remember uh, the the two thousands and the browser wars, where they had to go to court? Netscape? Was <laughs> going yeah. Netscape and <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mosaic. Oh God! All right, West two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, anyway, we, we, we'll move on. We'll probably come back to this in a couple of weeks and talk about it a little more in what we've been watching in news to see what what happens. Um, so, uh, any other news anybody want to bring up, or are we go straight to uh, what we've been watching? Anyone news? Uh, I was going to say they did post a. Other than the fact, I really liked it. Um, but they posted a picture from Robert uh, Eggers Nosferatu, uh, which is a picture of. Um, Willem Dafoe as a vampire hunter, and he looks really awesome. Um, so nice. I'm, that that's a film I am I am eagerly anticipating. And Robert Eggers uh, uh, from New Hampshire. That's right. And uh, and apparently, you, since we we started the episode off with this uh, Japanese uh, release of re-release of Godzilla minus one in black and white, I guess is coming in January. I'm kind of hoping they do that in the states. That oh, that's right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You posted that uh, in our chat. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, all right. So uh, I guess we get to uh, what we've been watching uh, and all that other stuff. So uh, let's start with you, uh, Barrett. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, we were watching Murder at the End of the World. Uh, I was. I enjoyed the show. It wasn't too bad. Um, What's uh, what, what? What is the station and what was it about? It's on Hulu, and it is a murder mystery. I don't want to give anything else away because it's you're trying mystery. to figure out. Yeah, exactly. It's mystery. Um, it's a pretty well done mystery. I enjoyed it. I've been. I just like watching mysteries, so it was it was a good show. It has seven episodes, so it's not overly long. <clears throat> they are fifty minute episodes, and I don't think they deviate too much. They're all in that range. Um, and uh, is it is it an uh, English language or is it a foreign nation? It's English. Um, I think it's directed or written by. Um, I don't know if you've seen the show OA on Netflix. Um, yeah, that was a weird fucking show. It was yeah. a weird show. It's, it's it's by those people. Yeah, exactly. It's by them. Yeah. Um, this is a little more grounded, I think, than the OA was. Um, it's not so, hard. Yeah, it's not hard, uh, but it's. <laughs> I think it's worth watching once. It was an enjoyable show. Uh, not the best show I've ever seen, but it w- it kept me wondering and had a little bit of surprise at the end that you might figure out before I did. But, um, yeah, it's worth watching. And then as far as anything else, um, pretty much been playing video games. Otherwise, I'm kind of 
board with Diablo 4, so I'm out of that. I'm playing uh, Return to Moria because I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and it's on sale for $20 this month on the Epic Store, and it's exclusive to Epic, as well as um, Xbox and PS5, whatever. Um, Because I love the Lord of the Rings, and I especially love Moria, you get to rebuild Moria. It's pretty neat. So it's a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, during the Christmas season, Xbox Store and I'm sure all the rest are, are having all these real good discounts right now. So people yeah. should check that out if you're a fan of. Uh, yeah, for twenty bucks, it's I yeah. think worth it. It's neat if you like yeah. survival games. You yeah, play yeah. a dwarf and you're trying to build stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> what more can there be? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, all right, sounds good. Uh, let's see. For me. Um, I've been uh, playing Fallout 4, uh, so I'm doing that, the, the Game of the Year edition, so with all the the, uh, the downloadable content as part of it, um, and uh, it's it's a great game. I've always loved the game. Never mind, it, it takes place in um, Massachusetts and, and basically minutes away from where where I grew up and and in some of the locations are, are towns that my sister in law lives in and 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 other people I know live in and stuff. It's kinda of funny. But in anyway, the game in the yeah, game, in the game. I didn't realize yeah. I haven't played the more recent um ones, but uh so yeah, some are those areas like- recognizable? Uh, some of it is, but it's post-apocalyptic, so a lot of it's destroyed. But you go into the the big city, uh, guarded gated city or guarded city is is Fenway Park. Oh, so, cool! Yeah, so that's kind of <laughs> cool. And um, and then they have uh, Concord and Lexington, and so you see some of that stuff that you may know. And then they have Bunker Hill, and so so you get to see the Bunker Hill monument, and you can climb up it, and you see the USS Constitution. And uh, Logan Airport, and, and so a lot of stuff, yeah, yeah. So it's pre- it's pretty cool, oh. um, yeah, yeah. And um, but I forgot how massive it is. It's just a huge, huge game. It's ridiculous. And um, I remember the third game was massive, and that was two generations yeah. ago. Yeah, even that one was, and the and and the fourth one, which was the Vegas one, that was right. massive too. And then this was the fifth one, even though it's called four because the Vegas one was just called for, uh, Fallout Vegas. Because it was a uh, it was a spin off of the third, because I think it was still using the same basic engine. Yeah, yeah, but it was its own game. It was as huge as the third. Yeah. Um, but this one here is uh, huge as well, and um, the, even one of the download of content. Uh, is almost like a whole new world because it, it takes place in Bar Harbor, Maine. So, Bar Harbor. Yeah, Bar Harbor. So that was that's there, and then there's uh, a uh, what's it called? Um, uh, one of the bunkers is, is called Eighty Eight, and I, uh, I forget the name of the bunker. I'm having a uh, blank space. Uh, this is my Taylor Swift reference for the night, and. Um, what it was is that's huge too. It's like it's all underground bunker, and, and it, that's a huge world as well. So, so it's it's pretty big, um, and it's a it's a great game too. It's just a great game. It's it's that one, Far Cry, and Cyberpunk, and Diablo are probably my four go to games when I I get bored of something, and so I'm redoing this one. Um, and then I've been watching Lego Masters again. Uh, finished up season great one, show. two. Oh my god, it's so good! I, I yeah, we well, the, I got into it because I we met at uh, Northeast Comic Con uh, one of the contestants from uh, season two, 
and she signed autographs and stuff. And she, <laughs> so we, we went home after me and my two girls and we watched that season. We just binged it. And, um, she lasted until episode six, I think. Um, and so, yeah, so now I'm doing episode, I mean, season four. Now. Oh, so, I know Ben and Poppy. Just so you're, if you're wondering <laughs> who it was that I knew on that one. Oh, in season four, it's Ben and Poppy. I know those guys. Oh, you actually know? How do you know them? They're in my Lego group. Oh, oh, so they live near you. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, and that you actually know them. That's awesome. Yeah, in uh, fact, I saw Ben last, last Saturday. He was at our, our monthly meeting. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so my uh, daughter, oldest daughter, actually asked Santa for Legos, more Legos. Um, all right. Yeah, because we watched the show, but uh, I don't know if uh, Santa will bring them because she's asking for a bunch of other stuff. Um, and then uh, I've been reading um, a book uh, about uh, uh, nonfiction stuff. I, I won't bring it up because it's uh, it's not related to, but it's politics. It, not politics. It's about uh, one of the the incidences that happened during COVID that that was a big disaster and, and, and the book's kind of popular now. So I, I decided to take a look at it and then, uh, that's about it. That's, oh, and I, I, I uh, picked up a couple of comic books, uh, spider Gwen and a uh, spider Gwen smash number one. And then a, uh, a, uh, Japanese manga, um, hardcover. And I forget the name of it. Uh, oh, uh, either way, I'll, I'll remember it for the next time, but, um, so I got those two and, and, and I'm going to check those out. So, um, but yeah, that's all I got. So, uh, let's go with you, uh, Eric, Eric, what do you got? Uh, a few things. Uh, one is, is just, um, watching Godzilla minus one sent me down an interesting YouTube rabbit hole. Um, cause there's a very brief scene in that movie where they show a nuclear test being done at bikini atoll. And I was aware that that was a place where, we'd done nuclear testing, but that's all I knew about it. So I kind of looked it up on YouTube and oh my goodness. Um, if you live in the U S and you want to be not so proud of your country, go, go <laughs> look that up. That's uh wow. Uh, we did some shit. That's really not cool. Uh, <laughs> a positive thing that came out of that though, or, or, or that those islands is that's where the, the bathing suit name came from. Bikini. <sighs> anyway, uh, I also revisited, um, Violent Night. I showed it to Dan and Susie and they enjoyed yeah. it heartily. That movie, I had forgotten how much fun that movie was. So I'm glad I, I threw it on. It's a good did time. You watch, did you watch uh, The Fat Man too? I gotta watch that. No, not yet. Yeah, I gotta get that one. Um, I watched a movie called Where the Devil Roams, which is done by the Adams family. Not the one with Morticia, but, uh, <laughs> uh, the same family that made, uh, Hellbender. Hey, you- you don't know how they cosplay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was looking forward to this cause I really enjoyed Hellbender, but, uh, I, I gotta say this was a miss for me. Um, I didn't like it that much. So I, it, it looks good. I like the aesthetic of the movie, but the story really just didn't do anything for me. So, all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to skip that one then, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah. Phil's disappointed. I know. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, Today, I um I had I had the day off work, so I had my own uh, Barbenheimer experience in my living room. Um, Ew! 
<laughs> no, I watched Oppenheimer and Barbie today. Um, First time watch both? Yeah, yeah. And I think they're both great movies, but I was very surprised to find myself liking Barbie significantly more. Um, Oppenheimer's a great movie, um, but Barbie's way more entertaining. <laughs> so I, I can give both of those movies a thumbs up. So that's what I've been watching. Yeah, so should I we mean, do? We could do Barbie, right? Because that's no, uh, all no. that's fantastic. No, no, but it's all that's no, fantastic. No, no, no. Hard no on Barbie. Fair enough. Believe me, I have things I would I could say about Barbie because I've, I've I, I and I did enjoy it. Let's be clear, I did very much enjoy it, but I found I, it. I like I like that. I found it was very confused uh, as as a film in terms of what it was. Watson was just complaining to me about that, Mike. You should you should have a conversation with him about the, that. The, the fish out of water part of it was really good, but but the other parts I I see where exactly. I guess I'm the only one that hasn't seen it. <laughs> no, well, I just think well, I, I'll just as one example for that is the fact that they go into the real world, but the the, the board of directors for Mattel are basically more cartoonish than the cartoon characters. Yeah, um, that's you know I so like that. It, it, like, yeah, right, but they, had, they, they were trying I to play. did not intend to begin this discussion of Barbie, so let's move on to what Mike's been watching. See, I can see why Mike Mike is. Uh, but, uh, but you, but you prefer Oppenheimer's because you have that scene at the beginning where you get tits bouncing in your face for four minutes. I didn't, I didn't say I, I liked either <laughs> one better than other. Mike, what have you been watching? Not much. I've been. Uh, I'm still playing uh, uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, um, and. I, and what I really enjoy about the game, and and yes, I know the game came out five years ago. I only got my Switch this year. Um, is the old Zelda games, which I liked, were also like the old Metroid and Castlevania games, where you could explore an area to a limited degree, but you had to wait until you got the right gear to explore the area fully. And then, so it was basically a lot of. Explore the area and then until you find the new the new gadget and then go back to the areas you've been to with the new gadget and then you have to wait till you get to the next new gadget to keep going. And this is kind of dispensed with that game mechanic and just left it to completely open exploration um, and just encourages you to try and do as many things as you want. Like one of the game mechanics is um, as you travel the world, you pick up uh, – various flowers and seeds and fruits and nuts and, and so forth. And which a lot of fantasy games do. Um, and, but they, it, but then you find cooking pots and the whole thing is ah, throw them together, see what happens. And you never know what you're going to get. And there's, there's almost no fixed recipes where they say, you must do this to get this. You must do that to get that. It's basically, yeah, here's the stuff you figure out what's going to happen when you, when you mix them together. Um, is this on uh, Xbox or PlayStation? Or it's, 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 it's yeah. Zelda is, uh, is Nintendo. Nintendo, okay. All right. Anything else, Mike? Um, I'm trying to think. We started watching. Oh, oh, me, I forgot to ask you, Mike. Is is that a negative aspect that you just have to figure out yourself, or, or no? It's a, it's the fact that it's a, it's a, the whole game is 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 nonlinear and open world, very much like Fallout. Um. It's not a Fallout game. It's a, it's it's a Zelda game, but it's it's gives that open world and it's a massive world and it's right. And you don't uh, have to do things in order like and stuff like Fallout Four and, and Far Cry. Right. And gotcha. Uh, and and so that's one of those games that is obviously turned into a time suck. Uh, and I, we have started watching uh, Pam and I the third season of The Witcher, 
which is the last season with Henry Cavill. Uh, and I'm enjoying it so far. Um, but we're only like two episodes in. Yeah. All but right. Other I think you've been really busy. All right. Sounds good. So that's it. All right. So I guess we can get into uh, the final thoughts. But before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy, Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Scanty Podcast. That's spelled A S K A N C I T Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. Excellent. And uh, make sure you, you, I'll probably send him a, uh, I am anyway, but uh, say uh, Merry Christmas to him for me, if you could. Dan's a good guy. Um, and his family. Uh, also, uh, Mike, uh, what's that podcast that me, you, and Barrett are doing about a TV show? Uh, the podcast is King of Kaiju, which uh, is about the MonsterVerse uh, spinoff series, uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Uh, we were really enjoying it. Then there were two episodes that weren't that great. And then the last episode is kind of back form. Uh, from what I've heard, because the entire thing has been... Um, released to certain reviewers and their early word of mouth is basically is that, you know, you're through the rough spot and it just gets better from here. So, uh, I've been enjoying it. Kurt Russell is Kurt Russell being, being Kurt Russell. I, the, the surprise for me is just how good, uh, I think his son is, uh, they play the same character, one in the 1950s and one in the modern day or well, kind of modern day, 2015. Um, and, and I think they're both really good, really solid. Indeed. Um, and uh, Barrett, what's that uh, podcast that me and you do? And then we have our uh, other co-hosts that join us, like Mike. Uh, what's that one all about? Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Um, we talk about this, that, and everything. Um, we recently did Dread, and we're going to be doing Peacemaker and, I believe, The Big Lebowski at some point soon. Indeed. And, and actually, Dread was uh, in the top ten this morning, and it, it fell off as a as, uh, uh, the, the day went by. So there we go. Um, also, uh, Eric, what's that podcast that me, you, and Mike do? Uh, Cinema a la carte. What's that all about? I don't care. I want to go to bed. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. So uh, let's give our final thoughts on this movie here. Uh, so, uh, Eric, let's start with you, Dark, Dark Harvest. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, apparently, the most out of everybody on this show right now. Um, yeah. I, know, I liked it. So I I thought it was good. I'll probably have it around to watch again around Halloween time. All right, sounds good. Mike, what do you got? I thought I liked it a lot. I I I, I loved the monster. I thought there were some great kills. I uh, more or less enjoyed the characters. Um, I, I I I there's nothing not to recommend. Like I said, I'm just a little uh, was feeling a little questionable about what they may or may not have been trying to say. And I'm curious if anybody has any extra thoughts. All right. Sounds good. Uh, you're dark. Yes, please do. Email us dark discussions at AOL.com. Put DDP in the subject and then dark harvest. Uh, yeah, for me, um, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was, it, it was a movie. It wasn't horrible, but it was nothing to write home about. Um, I thought it was just okay. Um, I can understand why, um, Mike noticed online that people either love it or hate it or just are 
whatever, it's okay. Um, and I'm, I'm right there. I'm, I think it's, yeah, it's okay. Um, I probably won't revisit it, uh, but I do not hate the film at all uh, or, or am upset that I had to watch it. Uh, I, it just wasn't a film that I, I really liked that much is all. Uh, let's go to you, Barrett. Yeah, I liked the film. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed the heck out of it, and I'd watch it again. All right, sounds good. Uh, so once again, uh, the film is entitled uh, Doc Harvest, uh, based off of uh, the novel, loosely based off the novel from 2006 by Norman Partridge. Uh, screenplay directed, I mean, written by Michael uh, Giglio, who uh, wrote, was one of the co-writers of the Dark, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons film from earlier this year. Uh, the film is readily available for rental at the moment as of December 21st, 2023, uh, or purchase, uh, anywhere, but I think it was like six ninety nine and nine ninety nine or five ninety nine and nine ninety nine to rent and purchase. Um, so, uh, you go check that out if you're interested. And with all that stated, uh, Eric, why don't you lead us up? All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's, let's talk about dark harvest. Come back next week. We'll have another topic.